Welcome to Harvest Time. My name is Chris Harper, and our host on this program is Pastor Gary Walton, the lead pastor of Harvest Baptist Church. We spend these 25 minutes together every week telling you the stories of our church as we interview our members and other friends of the ministry. We have two services at church Sunday mornings at 8.45 a.m. and 10.45 a.m. There will be Japanese and Korean translation available during the 10.45 a.m. service, and that's when we also have our live stream at hbcguam.org, hbcguam.org. We have a very special program in observance of our 47th anniversary, which will be next week at the church. So here's Pastor Walton to introduce our guest. Well, we are really pleased to have a special person to us here at Harvest with us on Harvest Time this week. Many of you know that we're coming up to our 47th church anniversary. That's going to happen on October 30th. And we have some special guests that are coming to be with us. We've, we've been telling you about that. Um, but we have the privilege today to have uh, on radio, uh, via phone, all the way from Michigan, uh, Pastor John Lewis. So first of all, I want to welcome you, Pastor Lewis. Thanks for joining us. Well, thank you, Pastor Gary, for having me. I look forward to this. When we began talking about the 45th anniversary, which was a couple of years ago, we had asked if if you and Mrs. Lewis would be uh, able to come, and uh, you said yes, and COVID affected that, and COVID affected the next year, and then we've been talking about the possibility of having you uh, come for this year uh, for the anniversary, but some circumstances came up, and we're so sorry that you won't be able to be here with us, but we want to make sure that we got some time talking with you before, you know, kind of leading up to the anniversary. Well, I appreciate that. We were very disappointed that we were not going to be able to make it this year, and especially after COVID and two years in a row canceling things. But uh, I'm excited for the church that uh, you can finally celebrate the 47th. I guess you were trying to celebrate the 45th. You just wound up with celebrating the 47th. <laughs> You're right. We, we've we celebrated sort of in small fashion, but we've been waiting to, you know, have a fiesta and kind of the whole big shebang. And uh, finally, we're going to get to that. But you're right. We've been waiting for two years. Um, might be the only church that had a big to-do on the 47th anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> it might be. You're right. Um, but, you know, uh, around here, as you know, we love to celebrate. And God has done such amazing things in the history of the ministry here. And we don't ever want to forget um, what God has done. I mean, these these memorials are so important to keep us on track for the future. Um, so we're looking forward to that. And I like the way you approach it, that what God has done. Mm. He's, used, he's used a lot of different people, but it's God's work. And never forget it. Yeah, amen. Well, um, for those that might be new to Harvest or new listening to this, I want to make sure I introduce Pastor Lewis to us. He's really a spiritual hero uh, for our ministry. God brought uh, Pastor and Mrs. Lewis to Guam. I'm going to ask him some questions about that, but he was the pastor beginning in 1979 at Harvest and then pastored for 18 years here. God used them in just phenomenal ways. Uh, pastor Lewis is just un unusually gifted, um, particularly for the ministry that God had planned here. And uh, you you know, faithfully served and led and shepherded this uh, church and ministry um, in some seasons and years of real exciting growth. 
Um, and then uh, 19 years, right? You served here uh, as pastor. Yes, from 1979 to 1998. Let me back up just a little bit. So many people that are listening to this, they're very familiar with you. You've been able to come back. We've stayed connected. We've prayed with you and for you. Yeah. Um, but there's also many uh, new to Harvest, new that would be listening. So uh, let's back up a little bit um, for your history, maybe just the, your background and what brought you to Guam originally. Well, the first time I ever came to Guam, I landed at Anderson Air Force Base. I had gotten an all-expenses-paid trip to South Vietnam for a year. Yeah. Compliments of the Air Force. And I remember landing at Anderson with a young fellow that uh, I'd gone to high school with. Both of us wound up going to Vietnam together. And... uh, when they opened the door to the plane, we started to get off. It had just rained, and it was in June, and the steam was coming up from the uh, ramp. And it almost take your breath. I hadn't been in that kind of situation very much in my life. And I turned to my friend, Steve, and I said, Steve, I don't ever want to come back to this place. <laughs> and <laughs> three, three or four years later, I was back and, and loved Guam and loved the people. Mm. So much, uh, but I came when I came back again in 1968. I came back to work for J and G, Payless Markets. Yeah, and uh, I did that for for five years, and then we left, went back to the states. That's when I trusted Christ as my personal savior. And uh, when I did, I. Uh, I really felt a call to preach shortly thereafter. And a wise old man said, if God's called you to preach, he's called you to prepare. Mm. And so I went went off to Bible college, and I was there a year and a half. My wife got really sick, and uh, we, uh, you know, spent 108 days in the hospital, mm. and we were just uh, broke. And I called my good friend, Bob Jones, and I said, uh, I need a job. He said, I'll send you a ticket. I went back, and that was in 1976. And I came to a little independent Baptist mission church called Harvest. And uh, I, little did I know, less than three years later, I would be pastoring the church. Wow, yeah. But uh later that I wind up pastoring a church. But the church, the church was doing really well, and uh, we uh, we enjoyed it. I filled the pulpit when the pastor was off the island, the missionary was off the island, and all that. And we called the first first full time pastor in nineteen seventy uh, seventy eight, I guess it was. But because of a number of reasons, uh, he wound up leaving, and the church went down to just a handful of people and it was either closed or somebody that was there. We couldn't afford to bring somebody. And, uh, the man in the church, uh, we had trustees back then. Uh, they asked me, said, well, you know, you feel the pulpit. How about doing that? Uh, I prayed about it. and uh, just felt like that's what the Lord wanted me to do. And I went to the Joneses and told them, I said, uh, you know, God's called me to pastor the church. And uh, they were very supportive and remain great friends over the years still today. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bob is a dear friend. And that's kind of how we get started. 
Pastor Bruce Ring was the founding pastor. Yeah. Um, and do you remember the first time you and Mrs. Lewis came to a service uh, or one of the first times? What was it like? Give us a little flavor of what the church was like. Well, I can tell you how we've heard about the church. Okay. Uh, we had, we'd been back in Guam just a short while. I mean, two or three weeks. And, uh, you know, I was unsaved before when I was there. And we had gone to, uh, you know, some different churches occasionally, but not anything regular. And uh, I came home one day for lunch, and my wife was all excited. She said, I heard this radio broadcast today. She said, the preacher sounds like he believes like we believe. Hmm. And I invited him and his wife to come over tonight. And and they came, Pastor Ring and his wife Ann came over. And we talked for a good while, and the next Sunday we were we were in church, and uh, we came, you know, we became very regular in the church, and uh, we saw a lot of people saved over the years uh, because uh, it, it was rare not to have visitors in the services and all, and uh, a lot of military people away from home and all, and. Uh, we saw a lot of people come to Christ over the years. If I can tell you one quick story about that. One day here in Michigan, several years ago, I was in a, a conference up near the UP, Upper Peninsula of Michigan, for small churches. And I was one of the speakers. I had two speakers, and I was one of them. And the other fellow spoke before I did. And after he preached, uh, we had a break, and I went over and thanked him for his message because it was good. And I was next up, and I preached. And I used an illustration about when I was on Guam, which I often did and still do when I preach. Mm -hmm. And the guy came up to me afterwards. He said, now I know where I met you. He said, I came to Guam, and I forgot what year. It was in the early 80s. He said, I came to Guam, Kiwi with the Air Force. He said, I came to your church, and he said, you preached, and God called me into the ministry mm. under your pastor. Mm. And he said, I came back came back to the mainland, went to college, uh, my degree, and I've been pastoring in the UP for the last 20 years. And that all happened because somebody came, they heard, heard a message, and uh, responded to it. And they're in a small area, and their church will probably never be real big, but they're filling a need. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it, that was exciting to me. Yeah, it would be amazing to be able to track how many stories like that have happened over the years. Um, people yeah. called to ministry, serving now around the world in all kinds of different places and cultures, many across the states. Um I know that you're familiar with this even more so than me, but you know, as I travel a little bit, I'm just over and over, uh, you know, confronted or meet people who have connections with Harvest. They've been here. God's used the ministry in their yeah. lives. It really is such a broad swath of impact. I'm not sure the average person, even even the church members now at Harvest, realize the impact that the ministry has had. Yeah, and the ministry that it continues to have. Uh, worldwide through people whose lives have been touched, changed with the gospel uh, on Guam and at Harvest Baptist Church. That's yeah. exciting. Yeah, I agree. And yeah. um, we we want to continue to tell that story so that we would know, not 
not as you, I mean, for sure, not for the glory of harvest, but because God's name would be yeah. made great from this place. And the way that he's used us in the past really does provide a vision for the burden for the future. We think that the future's bright yeah. the way that God wants to continue to, you know, broaden that scope of impact. Pastor Lewis, you mentioned yeah. um, your first conver- well, your first connection with Harvest uh, was was through the radio station. I mean, we're here talking on the radio, and this you know this conversation is going yeah. out on the radio, KHMG. Um, but when Pastor Bring uh, when Pastor Ring first did that, you and I were talking about that. That was actually a radio broadcast on uh, Trans World Radio, right? TWR, right out here in Guam. Yes. Uh, Transworld was fairly new to Guam at the time. I think uh, when Harvest started, <clears throat> I don't think uh, the uh, radio station started much more than a year before uh, Harvest started. Yeah. And so it was one of the earlier local programs on uh, Transworld Radio. Yeah, well, even that's just interesting, the impact of the radio station uh, over the years. I mean, yeah. so many different ministries and a different impact, but it— the connection even back with you and Mrs. Lewis. That's pretty cool. It was exciting to see God bring that about such a way. I never really dreamed that we would have a radio station. Yeah. But it just became from a casual conversation to an actuality. So 19 years, you you became the pastor in 1979, just a small handful of people, church really figuring out whether they could, you know, whether it was going to survive or not. Um, and God really did bless in remarkable ways uh, through those 19 years. You look back, I'm sure you have hundreds, dozens of stories, but anything that you kind of remember most specifically about your time pastoring here? Well, let me, let me tell you a little bit of a philosophy that I developed concerning the ministry at Harvest. I had a son that was in the second grade. And uh, we had a little AC school with 51 students in it. And uh, to, be, to be quite honest with you, it wasn't what I wanted for my own, uh, for my own son. Uh, I felt like we needed a, a more quality and all. Uh, and so when I became the pastor, I, uh, I talked to the man and I said, you know, if we're going to have a school, uh, we're going to have to have a good school and uh, I need to be able to make some changes. And so they said, you can do it. And so I, I just, what we want to do is the biggest complaint I hear about school on Guam is that kids cannot read. I said, so we're going to teach kids to read. And we got a good, I don't even remember the name of it now, but we got a good reading program and we developed it and we started teaching kids to read. And they became really good readers. And all of a sudden, people uh, found out about it. You say they found out about the kids reading. Well, kids would go home and their cousins and all. They were ahead of them. And so we started, the school started growing. I remember we had 51 kids when I became the pastor. The next year, we had 96. The next year, I still remember these numbers because I was amazed by them. <laughs> the second year, we had 170-something. Next year, we're over 250, and it just grew. And it gave us some credibility in the community where, you know, we had people coming for different school events and all, and it broke down some barriers where people felt comfortable in coming. Uh, 
when I became the pastor of the church, it was almost entirely military families. And a lot of what you do today is still military families and a great part, a great part of the history of Harvest. But I said, I want a church that looks like the makeup of the island. Mm-hmm. I want island people in the church, you know, we got a lot of Japanese. I want, want a church to look like the makeup of the community. And, uh, by the grace of God, over the next several years, he gave us uh, a church that looked more like the community than it had ever done before. Yeah. And the last time I was on Guam, that's still the case. It looks like the, the community that's Guam. Yeah, you know, as I've uh, read and had had conversations with you, um, I've, I've known that sort of the two big things that were part of your vision— um, and I hope I'm uh, portraying this right. You can correct me if you'd see this differently. Um, but but one was actually what you just said, and I want to ask you about that some more here in a minute. The idea that the the church would reflect the the various and variety of cultures here in Guam. Let me come back to that. Yeah. And the second was that you know just a burden that the tool of education would be used, uh, you know, in you know to reach people and be used for the Lord here in Guam. And it's really amazing to see how God blessed that vision and that burden, um, uh, not just in HCA, but then, you know, ultimately in HBBC. And so education has been just a key part of this. In fact, just because this is so current, you know, you talked about how, you know, the school kind of opened up some doors and, and gave some credibility that, of course, continues today, you know, in a very dramatic way. And yeah. both on a broad scale across the island, but even individual. In fact, uh, as, uh, as just before we came on air here, I received a text um, from a man, a family just started visiting uh, over the last couple of weeks. And uh, he talked about coming here to the academy back when he was a kid. He actually graduated here and um, never a part of Harvest Church. Um, and it's been 20 years, actually, since graduation. Um, and, uh, uh, God allowed some people to invite their family and so awesome to, to have them, you know, joining with us and, and, uh, you know, kind of being a part of the church. But he just sent me, I think about 15 pictures. I didn't ask for them, just 15 pictures of sort of some of the history of his time at Harvest. And, you know, these are probably 30 years old, these pictures. They're probably when you were here, Pastor Lewis, uh, you know, when he's a young kid coming to Harvest. And even now, after 30 years, God's still using those contacts to, to bear fruit. It's really amazing. that that's a blessing. That is a blessing. And another generation. Yeah. Another generation. Yeah. Uh, the school truly, the Lord used it uh, in a in a great way. And if if somebody said, "Well, what really opened the door?" It was education. It opened the door to get the gospel out, and. Uh, it, uh, but it had to be quality education, and I'm I'm so thankful that that's still uh, very important to you and uh, to your staff. That you know, quality, mediocre education won't help the gospel cause on Guam, mm-hmm. but it still opens doors uh, because it's done right. Your burden to see the uh, church reflect the diverse, the, the variety of cultures here on Guam is such an encouragement to me. 
it's one of the reasons why I'm disappointed that you, you, you're not able to be here this time because I think you would be so pleased with how that is continuing to shape uh, culture at Harvest. I, I think every year our church looks more and more and more. I mean, if you walk in, there is just a variety of people and faces um, and, uh, you know, kind of, I wanted to ask you about your burden for that early on, what, what caused that, or do you know where that started? Well, I, I will tell you when I first, when I first got saved back in North Carolina, it was the South in the seventies and I owned the grocery store in North Carolina. And when I got saved, most of my employees were African-American and I led some of them to Christ and I wanted to bring them to church. And uh, I was told it was split the church. And I said, well, I'll tell you, if I ever pastor a church, uh, it won't be that way. And my burden for that came because I couldn't, uh, I couldn't bring African-Americans to the church that, uh, that I was going to. And I wasn't, wasn't really happy about it. But I thought, you know what, if I ever pastor a church, uh, the color of a man's skin will make a difference whether he can come or not. I, it wasn't difficult to, to sell that on one, but uh, to me it was just important to reflect the makeup of the island, where everybody would come and feel wanted and respected, and that's still the case today. Yeah, well, I say this all the time, that Harvest is such a beautiful reflection, I think, of the body of Christ. And uniquely, perhaps more so than any place I've ever been, I've traveled, you know, to lots of different locations, lots of different churches, and there's a sweet fellowship that happens as, um, as we worship, you know, God together, as we join hands together in the mission that he's called us to. And, um, yeah, we're really thankful for that. Guam is diverse. Uh, and of course, you know, Harvest continues to be burdened for the opportunities for military, um, but God just is in even a greater way, just bringing our island, you know, here to these doors. Anybody that walks yeah. in sees it in that way. And it, it's really, really, really encouraging. Yeah. I know you'd be encouraged by it. I, I, I am encouraged by Pastor Gary because it, it's just a, a vision that God gave me that continues today. And uh, it's bearing fruit. It's bearing fruit. You know, we know a little bit about people that, uh, you know, get saved, lives changed there at Harvest, that maybe kind of go to the, the mainland and all. Mm. But there's also a group of people that have gone all over Asia mm-hmm. that got saved in the ministry. And we don't know as much about their impact back in their homeland. But I'm sure there are a lot of stories that could be told about people from Japan or Korea right. or China or other places in Asia. Even to some extent down in Micronesia, we know a little bit more about that because we're able to go down there. I say we, the church, is able to go down there and have an impact. But uh, there are a lot of stories that could be told about the impact beyond the uh, United States and all of of what God has done to the ministry of Harvest. Yeah, we will not know until eternity um, the impact of the ministry and of many, many faithful people over the years who have served and who have sacrificed and have given up, you know, their lives uh, for the for the gospel and for the mission out here. And I think in heaven is going to be a fantastic reunion. We're going to have a little harvest reunion in heaven, I think. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, I, I know there will be. Right, let me let me change the subject just a little bit because I wanted to tell kind of a funny story. Sure. Uh, about something that happened in the early days, uh, we we really uh, struggled financially. You know, we didn't have a lot of extra money. We bought a typewriter uh, shortly after I became the pastor, and we had to finance it. We bought an IBM typewriter. We had to finance <laughs> it for two years. Wow! Wow! <laughs> so uh, we we had an air conditioner. Uh, the old building was, uh, you know, a fortress and uh, didn't have a lot of windows in it because they'd blow out when a typhoon, the type mm-hmm. windows that were in would block them up. But anyway, the uh, uh, air conditioner that we had, we went from one uh, window unit to an air conditioner that J&G gave us. Mm-hmm. It was like a 15-ton air conditioner that would do the whole building. So we... Uh, Everything's going along fine for about a year or two, and this air conditioner, the compressor burned out. It was a used air conditioner, but the compressor burned out. And back then, it cost $600 to replace a compressor. So we got a new compressor. It worked for about two weeks, and it burned out. (laughs) Well, we struggled to get the $600 to put the second one in. Right, yeah. And stayed in about two weeks, and it burned out. And I said, oh, wow, we don't even have the money to put a compressor in it. We can't stay in this place without, uh, you know, air conditioning. And so I was I was in the office, and it was fairly early in the morning, trying to figure out what we are going to do, how we are going to get 600 bucks to pay for this. And uh, a young military guy came in and said, I want to see Pastor Lewis. And I don't even remember if that was name. He came in. And greeted each other, and he sat down in the chair across from my desk, and he said, Pastor Lewis, he said, uh, I've been TDY, and it was, I forgot where he went, uh, but uh, he said, I went TDY, and I got TDY pay, and he said, the Lord just impressed on me to, to give it to the church. He said, the church have a special need. Hmm. And I told him about the compressor had gone out and we didn't have the money to do it. And it, uh, he handed me an envelope and I opened that envelope and uh, there were 12 $50 bills in the envelope. Exactly what we needed for the compressor. Wow. And God had, God had prepared his heart to just give it away. And uh, it was... It was it was such a blessing, hmm. and God used it. Yeah, those types of stories are such a critical part of the foundation of our church. And uh, the, yeah. the needs are always different in different seasons, but all along, God has just met our needs in exactly the kind of ways, um, you know, exactly what we needed at that time. And, man, I hope we don't ever forget. I'm really glad you shared that because those are significant, you know, kind of, uh, foundational stories yeah. of what God's done here over the years. Yeah, and and there are many, and and they continue to happen. Yeah, happen. You know, yeah. it's His church, it's His school, it's His ministry. Amen. Amen. And He's He's promised to provide all of our needs according to His riches and glory. And uh, sometimes He does it in, in ways like that, you know, unexpected ways. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, we're thankful. Thankful for that. It's it's so important to be able to look back, see what God's done in the past, 
you know, see what God's doing presently and then and then look to the future. In fact, I I thought, I mean, our time always goes so quick on this, but um, Pastor, I wonder if you could, um, I know this would be encouraging for me and for others. Um, thank you again just for being a part of this and for sure for you and Mrs. Lewis and your sacrificial love for Harvest for all these years. As you pray about the future of Harvest, um, what, what what is that prayer? What's you know what's in your prayers as you think about our future? You know, I, I always pray for Harvest. We we love we love the ministry there. We're excited about what God is doing. And I, I guess I go back to uh, it might have been the last service. It's certainly close to the last service. Uh, that I was in as the pastor of the church there. And I just challenged the people, challenged the pastoral staff and the church to stay true to the Word of God. Amen. If you want God's continued blessings on on harvest, then you stay true to the Word of God. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I don't, I don't worry about harvest or any other ministry that's going to be true to God's Word. Mm-hmm. But when we start veering off or, you know, watering it down, uh, we can't expect God's blessings, mm-hmm. but uh, I just how on my prayer list is Lord help harvest or help any ministry that I'm you know burdened for. Just stay stay true to the Word of God, mm-hmm. and there are always always temptations all thrown before you that you know just give a little bit here or you know. Compromise? No, we can't compromise the Word of God. We don't apologize for standing on the truth of God's Word. If we if we are true to God's Word, we can count on God to bless our ministry. And sometimes it's not in the way we expect. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's another way. If I think about the Bible Institute and how God raised that up from four students, mm-hmm. you know, I, I saw kids going uh, come to Guam and. Uh, they'd get saved and they'd go to the mainland and they didn't want to come back. Or they didn't come back. I said, you know, we need to train them here on Guam. And uh, send them back to the, their homes uh, grounded in the Word of God so that they can stand for the truth and make a difference, be a lighthouse on their own. And one that stands out in my mind is Helmer Lang down on uh, Maduro. How one of our earliest students in the Bible Institute, stand true to the Word of God, and God is blessing His ministry in a great way. I rejoice every time I, I hear about one of our young people. He's not so young anymore because that goes way back, but just serving the Lord. And then his daughter coming to the Bible Institute or the Bible College, and I met her out there uh, when she was a student. It's just exciting. And his son, as, and his son, will, yeah. his son as well, will be graduating this year. And actually, uh, Brittany and her husband Brandon are back here on our staff right now. Um, so yeah, wow. it's, yeah, really amazing. That's great. Yeah. That is great, preacher. Yeah, it sure is. Well, thank you. And for... And I'm thankful that God brought you and your wife out out to Guam. You know, it's uh, it's a great it's a great ministry, and God is using you. You bring the, the skills and all that are needed. And uh, I'm excited about what future holds for Harvest. Well, we're honored by um, the heritage of faithful men that have led the ministry and have served here. Um, And we feel that weight, I think, in a healthy way of, uh, 
you know, of the dream that this started on that, you know, we would be able to look back, you know, not just a few years, but 25 years and 50 years from now. And, you know, Pastor Lewis, your investment here, you know, you'd be able to say the same thing 50 years from now and say the church has stayed faithful to the word, stayed faithful to the word. Doesn't look exactly, you know, like it did. Uh, but it's it's stayed faithful to the word, and God's blessed that. And so, thank you for laying that foundation for us. And even more so, thank you for that prayer. Uh, we covet that prayer that God would help to help us to keep building on the foundation of the scriptures, and uh, and receiving His blessing. Well, thank you, Pastor Gary, and I'll be praying for the special day uh, that's coming up here soon that God would just. Uh, Give you a great day. I think Pastor Marty Heron will be with you. Is that right? He is. Yeah. If I didn't mention earlier, it's October 30th is the Sunday, and Pastor and Mrs. Heron um, will be with us and sharing in that day and a couple days around that. So we're really looking forward to it. Great. Well, we'll we'll be looking at the live stream for sure. All right. Very very good, Pastor. Thank you for taking some time in here. uh, real quick before we go, uh, I meant to ask you this uh, early on. How are you doing? How's your health? How's uh, Mrs. Lewis doing? I know that people want to know that. Well, we're d- both doing well, I think. My wife, of course, has health issues with Parkinson's, uh, but uh, she uh, she is doing much better than we had any reason to expect. She's in her 13th year with Parkinson's mm. and doing well. And uh, COVID visited both of us a little over a year ago. With uh, right. I got it. I spent 17 days in uh, the hospital, seven of it in ICU. Mm-hmm. And almost a year to the day later, I got it again. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, uh, but other than that, uh, you know, we're doing fine. God's God's blessed us. We uh, are able to you know, travel a little and uh, do the things that we think the Lord wants us to do at this stage of life. A little bit older, and maybe a lot older, I should be honest. <laughs> maybe a lot older. But uh, just thankful that God can still use us. We're excited about every opportunity. Well, we pray for you regularly. And yeah, I mean, a year ago, I mean, we prayed so much for you and your health. And um, I know uh, just from talking with you that that uh, that season was, you know, very serious, and we're thankful that God sustained you and brought you through that. Thank you, and I I, I really thank you for the prayers because I honestly believe it was God uh, hearing the prayers of so many, uh, praying for uh, the healing that uh, got us through that, and we rejoice in it. We'll look forward Enjoy to continuing that. to. Uh, you know, um, pray for you and appreciate your prayers. We'll figure out a time when when it works for you guys to come out. I know that we'd love to see you and love to have you, um, you know, seeing again what God's doing here in Guam. Amen. Well, we look forward to that, Pastor, and be assured that uh, Harvest and you uh, are on our prayer list, and we, uh, we're excited every time we hear what God is doing out there. We're, we're looking forward to maybe one day getting out there again and Eating some of that good moral food. And, uh, <laughs> we'll save we, some for we you, love I the promise. Food out there. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, very good. Thanks for joining well, us. Thank you, Pastor. And thank you for listening to Harvest Time. 
We want to invite you again to services this Sunday at Harvest Baptist Church. We have an 8.45 a.m. service and a 10.45 a.m. service, and we'd love to see you at either. There's Japanese and Korean translation at that 10.45 a.m. service, and it can also be viewed on live stream at hbcguam.org, hbcguam.org. Thanks again for listening to Harvest Time.